Hey friends, welcome to episode 2 of You Should Write a Song About That, the show in which the double clicks interview a fascinating person about something that fascinates them, and then we write a song about that. I'm so excited to be back. Today on the show we have Kayla Kagan, an incredibly great human who has been our friend for a while, and whose debut novel, Piper Parish, will be released on March 7th on Chronicle Books. It's a big freaking deal, and Kayla is delightful. In our conversation, we talk about the book, of course, as well as inspirational quotes, which are a big deal to Kayla and the character, as well as some nice outtakes from the books that didn't make it in, like dogs and farts and stuff. Really too bad. At the end of the interview, you'll hear the song The Double Clicks wrote, and you can also find that song on our YouTube channel in a rad video. Enjoy the interview, folks. Welcome to You Should Write a Song About That with the Double Clicks. I'm Angela from the Double Clicks, and with me, my amazing guest, is Kayla Kagan. Hello! Author of Piper (laughs) Parish, your debut novel. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Piper Parish is a young adult novel. It's about a high school senior named Piper Parish. She is the titular character. And um, it's about her wish to get out of grad school and go to New York City with her two best out of high school. Yeah, out of high school to get to New York City with her two best friends and go to art school there like they've all planned to do. But unfortunately, life throws them a bunch of uh, circumstances that kind of slow them down a little bit. Yeah. So uh, Piper has to still find her way and see if she can make it and um, kind of circumvent her family situations and money situations as well. Yeah, she's got like nightmare family stuff. She's an amazing painter. She's got great outfits. Yeah, great outfits is a big part of any high school life, as we know. Yeah, Um, I was was very impressed with the outfits. And it's a great book. I finished reading it yesterday. Um, It makes me want to paint. It makes me want to get like a mentor because she's got, she's really into Andy Warhol and Mm -hmm. then a little bit later into Chuck Close. Yes. um, And like emulating not just their artistic like philosophy but also their life and she does her hair like Andy and talks (laughs) about him in the first you know first name basis and stuff like that yeah she feels a real kinship with him and I don't even know if she realizes that Andy Warhol's not a a perfect artist to emulate, <laughs> but no artist I think is. And I think that's part of the joy when, when you're in high school. I liked tons of um, faulty idols. Yeah. And um, like I love Tennessee Williams. I wouldn't say he's great for a 16-year-old girl to emulate, but um, yeah. we find our inspiration in all kinds of great places. And she also has an art teacher named Miss Adams who I think is a pretty good grounded guiding force for her in a lot of ways. But um, Andy and Chuck and a few other artists that come into her life in this book, um, I think help give her a sense of it can be done. Yeah. And you don't have to give up just because you may have some difficulties getting to um, create what you want to create. One of the things just that that happens a lot in this book is Adams, her teacher, and Piper uh, focus a lot on quotes from these artists. Is that something mm-hmm. that happened to you as well, that you focused on like advice from f- from folks? Um, well, I, I'm kind of a quote junkie. Um, I have liked... Uh, it sounds so generic to... I like quotes! <laughs> but um, like you can imagine how much I like Instagram inspirational oh, sure. quotes. I'm all over them. But um, since I was a little kid, any time I'd hear any kind of sense of... Some an adult usually say something with um, real resonance to me or logic to me. I would write them down in notebooks, um, and oftentimes 
uh, I would see like even on a billboard or like a, when I moved to New York myself um, on the subway line, there would be um, poetry on the M- MTA yeah. and there'd also be sometimes great ads. And I would write down lines because what, what are some examples of some that would stick with you? Um, there was a really great uh, Yates poem that was on uh, the subway and um, <laughs> that always stuck with me. Um, it, it was um well, there was a whole poem uh, to a friend whose work has come to nothing. Oh, yeah. That poem always sticks with me. Uh, but there were quotes. Um, th- there's this Man- Manhattan mini storage uh-huh. that is, um, they, they're really <laughs> funny and sassy. And they were like the first advertising I saw as a kid that was like, not afraid to go there. And like, <laughs> make you say, make you think things that maybe um, were a little more uh, progressive okay. about like, Oh wow! Like they're talking about a mini storage for like a couple who is the same gender. Like yeah. that's mind blowing to someone who hasn't never seen that on TV when they're a kid or yeah. whatever. You have like well, a book that you keep. I do. Yeah. I have um, two or three different notebooks. Well, now it's always a new notebook because yeah. you run out. And, and so Piper is is got these. It, the, the format of the book is like a diary, right. and there will be like typed things, but then there's like a little handwritten line of a quote that sticks with her, which is really right. fun. I really wanted her to kind of be a sponge and to absorb the things that when they caught her, they really um, mattered to her. It's so much so that she, she didn't want to forget them or she wanted to use them or she wanted to think about them. Yeah. Or maybe it's something she writes down. And honestly, she never looked at her journal again and forgot about, but at that very moment, it got her to her next step and her next move. Yeah. She feels very real in this book of like, just not having a cohesive plan necessarily, like just being that teenager that's, What's what's happening? Which next single move is going to make me feel this particular way? Right. And you can still feel that way as an adult sometimes, yeah, too. Absolutely. And you're like, oh, I I have an idea of where I should be or what I should be doing. And um, I sure could use some outside advice. And sometimes those quotes or passages or poems appear when you need them most and you have no idea. Yeah. Why did you choose Andy Warhol as, as her mentor for this book? Um, actually, I've had a lot of people ask me that, and they all want to know if I'm a huge Andy Warhol fan. Yeah. And I do like him. What I remember um, most when I – I haven't been a teenager in a while. <laughs> uh, but what I remember most is that Andy Warhol, for a lot of people, and including myself, not an art kid but a theater kid, Andy Warhol was the first kind of identifiable artist where I looked at his work, I knew his name, yeah. And he was cool. Like, he yeah. wasn't Renoir, and he wasn't Vermeer. And even though I think they're cool now as an adult, yeah. when I was 14, I didn't care about how much light Vermeer used. But yeah. Andy Warhol um, was was putting people and places and characters and objects out there that I recognized and I felt accessible to, yeah. and they were accessible. And um, I think Piper, as much as she may be a very gifted artist, and I, I believe she is, like, I don't want the surprise to be, ah, so, uh, she's actually a horrible artist. That's the big <laughs> joke. Um, I wanted her to be really good, but just, she's still a kid. She's still a teenager, and I don't know if her um, breadth of influence is, and her depth of influence is um, so well-rounded yet. I mean, that's what college gives us. That's what a fine arts education can give us. Yeah. Well, that's what just growing up gives us and in, um, in moving and traveling and life. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, there is a part where she's in a museum in Houston and she knows about the artists who are in Houston. She, or, or, or who represented the museum there. Um, James Terrell, she mentions James Terrell is not somebody everybody knows, but a lot of art people know. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't want her to be stuck in, with an artist that was in the seventies and eighties. 
but I, I didn't want her to have so much knowledge already that she didn't need us or, or quotes yeah. or any more education. And I thought Andy was a good way into going. She not only likes his work, she understands his work. Yeah. He seems kind of fearless to her. And he does have a lot of quotes that are um, are out in the world that some are really great, some aren't. Yeah. But also, that doesn't mean they're not great to her. Like, yeah. they might be really influential to her. So. The, ones that I, the one I wrote down while I was reading was, they always say time changes things, but you actually have to change them yourself. Agreed. Which is like, especially when she's in the middle of that, it's like you planned it. What? Can't Don't it. tell anyway. <laughs> you made um, this book like it makes it's like a really amazing piece of art. Or sometimes something. it makes sense. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, when it works, it does. Yeah. Um, and speaking of quotes, I know that there was one that kind of drove you and and inspired this the style of writing this book. Do you want to talk about that as well? Um, sure. Yeah, there is a, a poet named Robert Haas, yeah. um, and he has a quote that kind of became my writing mantra because as a lot of writers um, emerging and otherwise think, oh, if you write four to eight hours a day, you'll have a book. Yeah. That's true for people who can write four to eight hours a day. <laughs> I can't. Um, but I d- could do 30 minutes a day, even if it was trash, garbage, nightmare writing, which it was most of the time. Yeah. Um, but the quote that Robert Haas says is, um, take the time to write. You can do your life's work in half an hour a day. Um, and it really worked for me. I um, had the ability to work in the mornings, uh, for about the minutes stuff. a day. Got a <coughs> Excuse life. me. I was doing other stuff. I was uh, doing some social media jobs and um, running a household, and yeah. um, also can admit that I'm can procrastinate like anyone else. Yeah, like Piper. And, like Piper. Like I'm not as bad as Piper. I will say this: when it's time to work, I can sit down. Yeah, Piper can struggle more. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I wanted to. See to to try and do this and it, it piper was kind of my last attempt at the time i was like screw it i'm gonna write this book and if no one likes it i don't care and if nobody wants it i don't care i'm just gonna write the book i want to write yeah and um soon the 30 minutes a day felt like a great practice and it felt like uh, i was building up energy where i could go no i'm gonna write for an hour a day or two hours a day but i always stopped myself at 30 minutes yeah um maybe 31 minutes but like yeah. basically i kept it really short um, and that way I was always excited the next day. I mean, I would stop in the middle of a sentence and then I had someone to start the next day. Yeah. I've heard that advice, um, before that to like not stop at the end of a thought. Yeah. You don't have to, there's no reason. I know some people like they're completist and they yeah. want to, but that's awesome. Is that sort of what inspired the format too? Or is that something you wanted to do also? Cause it, it, it reads like a diary. This is every yeah. day, my entry. Um, I definitely wanted to write it as a journal. I knew my goal was to write one page a day for a year. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm already a journal writer. I've been writing in a journal since fourth grade for me. <laughs> wow. So, um, and I have tons and tons and tons of diaries and journals all over our home, yeah. um, hidden away. And um, I've never written a book in the style of a journal before, though. I've always tried to write a traditionally structured novel. Yeah. And, um, I, again, it was that school of thought of, like, screw it. Nobody likes it. I wrote a journal uh, in a character's voice. Oh, well, that's fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, it just kind of revealed to be a natural way for me to write it. Yeah. And um, I think if I tried to do a traditionally structured, well-made novel, um, 
I might have still completed it, but I don't know if it would sound as much like Piper as a first-person journal does. Well, it's great, and this is not just to compliment you because I like you, but just also for the listener who hasn't read the book yet, it's, like, real. Like, like it's how she talks, (laughs) and I love that the formatting, it feels like how you would be writing a journal. It's a little informal, and the quotes are mixed in, and just, like, it it makes it, um, makes, makes, it made me really invested in what was happening. <laughs> like, oh, good. Um, yeah. And all her friends are just cool people. Like, I want nice. to go back in time and be them. You know? I, yeah, I like the I like her friends a lot. Her friends, when I got tired of Piper sometime it's a, and her attitude, yeah. I really liked to hang out with her friends. So I was yeah. like, okay, we're going to go spend some time with Kit and Enzo and see what's going on in their world. Yeah. Um, and one thing about writing it is I, I always tried to write in the morning, but sometimes I couldn't. And a lot of the times that are actually used as the timestamp for what day she's journaling in, yeah. um, that's when I was writing. But what I realized was like, oh, right, I have to figure in her school schedule. <laughs> like, I, if I'm writing at 11.30 a.m., um, you know, for me, I'm sitting at my breakfast table. For her, she might be in math class. So, like, I really had to remember, like, oh, yeah, she can't be having breakfast all the time. She's not, um, you know, she has to go to school. Yeah. So <laughs> um, there were, like, a little things that would trip me up about, oh, if I'm going to try and use some of the practicalities of real life to structure this, um, I have to make sure I'm paying attention to her life and not just my own. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, this is probably, like, an ignorant, I, I'm not a book writer question, but um, this is a book about a girl who goes to high school in Texas and then moves to New York. Correct. Try, is trying to move to New York. And you are from Texas and moved to New York, yes? <laughs> it's true. We um, have that in common. <laughs> um, is this is this sort of, an like, inspired by that? Or is that just, like, the kind of story you wanted to tell? Or uh, it's Both. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The end. <laughs> okay, um, no, uh, it, it definitely, there are parts that are inspired by my own life. I would not call it hard biography um, yeah. and or autobiography, really at all. Um, Piper has a lot more talent than I did. I knew I always wanted to move to New York yeah. um, since I was a very, very young child. And um, for me, I wanted to go for theater yeah. and Piper wants to go for art. Um, there's a lot of things that happen to Piper that don't happen to me. There's a lot of things that uh, were in earlier drafts that were very similar to things that happened to me that I was like, eh, there's, there's not a place in that story for it and it doesn't really matter. Um, so I did model, um, definitely Houston is the Houston that, uh, I grew up within with, with a lot more modern, uh, touches to it because, uh, when I grew up, it's different than when Piper grew up and, um, definitely the New York she aspires to, is a different New York than I aspired to. So yeah. there are, I think some of the touchstones there are different. Um, yeah. But there's, there was definitely a biography the, the like wanting the wonderless, the wanting to go somewhere else, yeah. the wanting to study your art. Those are all things that are true with me as well. And were true with me as well at that age. It's one of the, my favorite things to read in this book were the outfits. Um, they're just yeah. fun. <laughs> and I wished I had like friends to dress me up when I was, uh, you've got age. good style. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, we've actually consulted you on style before. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and uh, was this something that was part of your experience as a teenager or is it just something you really enjoy? Something I really enjoy now and definitely something I wish I had more of as a teenager. I had a couple of friends I'd go clubbing and dancing with and we spent a lot of time in each other's closets. Mm-hmm. Um, we And there was definitely a fair amount of thrift store shopping when I was growing up. But um, I was definitely a clothes horse without a budget to be a clothes horse. So yeah. like I... Um, at my first Vogue magazine subscription was when I was 13. Yeah. And, um, that was a bot misfit gift, <laughs> um, which is amazing. But, uh, it, it really like 
puts that thirst in you for really beautiful, extraordinary, eccentric clothing that you have absolutely no access to having. So you get kind of creative. And I was a much more adventurous and um, fearless dresser. Yeah. Up until I was about 24. For and then sure. I and became you feel a temp. A lot more free. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, uh, and I had no problem with, like, a, you know, if I got a pair of Doc Martens and I was like, you know what they need? Spray paint. Yeah. Like, now I'd be like, you know what? That's not really responsible to the environment. And also, <laughs> those shoes cost a lot to make. You know, it's like, I just was much willing to, I, I put my stamp on my clothes a lot more when I was younger. And yeah. as I got older, I was like, you know, Old Navy is comfortable. So <laughs> I kind of, uh, I'd like to go back to being more fearless as a dresser and yeah. find my way back into that. Yeah. Well, and I think it, it kind of expresses where she is in her life as mm-hmm. well, the clothes. And then she kind of, she transfers from trying to look like Andy to be like, she's herself. And yeah. It's like a beautiful like moment of like. I don't need just to emulate this other person. That was one thing my editor really helped me with. Yeah. Um, uh, my, my editor is Taylor Norman. She's great. Uh, she really, really wanted us to see the character arc of her becoming herself and not just Andy. Yeah. And, um, or an Andy emulator. And for me, and I think an early, early draft, I was like, oh, absolutely not. She definitely stays like Andy Warhol all the way through. Yeah. And the cover will look like Andy Warhol, and we'll just sell it only to people who like Andy Warhol. And that'll be the story. <laughs> I would have bought it. I, I would have. Scared. I probably still would have bought it, you yeah. know. But, um, yeah, it was really important. And, and I understood what she was talking about and, and that there had to be that kind of actual growth, not just like hair growing out out of silver. Uh Piper's hair is silver. Surprise! Um, uh, And into her natural brown and then other colors as well. But, um, yeah, it it was important for her to start realizing, like, she can be inspired by everything else. It's still her. It's still the one that – she's still the one who needs to create and and own who she is and what she's making. Awesome. Well, speaking of your editor and and stuff that's changed in the book, you said you have, like, some bloopers – from, from things that changed, which is I'm super interesting to me. Like I don't, the process of writing a book is a complete mystery to me. But you can, yeah, they've changed. Oh, a lot has changed since um, the journal I actually wrote the book in that I had the notebook that. Yeah. Um, you wrote a has, longhand. Yeah, I wrote a longhand, and then I transcribed the pages onto my laptop it, because I have a writing group, and every week we'd meet, so I I type up my pages and send it to them, and that way yeah. I also was writing my book at the same yeah. time. Um. Uh, yeah, so there's a page, one of the brainstorming pages I did early on when I was kind of making the world of Piper, there were a lot of characters who didn't make it. Um, there's a dog named Bailey. There's no dog in the book. Oh, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, Bailey doesn't make it. Um, you had a a dog die in your Well, no, (laughs) no, Bailey, sorry. (laughs) Bailey did not rest in peace. Bailey did not die. There was just never a Bailey. Like, I kept waiting for Bailey to show up and, um, Bailey just was not essential. Uh Um, there was a class character, like the class clown named Andy Spellman, and his big um, reveal was that he farted a lot, <laughs> and Andy Spellman, the farter, got cut, um, which was a total bummer. Oh, sure. Um, because I kept thinking, I was like, what book doesn't need a character that just farts, and that's what he's known for? Yeah. You could tell I'm, like, going to write the Goldfinch next. <laughs> um, and uh, so those two things were gone. A lot of the locations I had originally planned for the book, I didn't end up using. Mm-hmm. One of the locations, I guess I can say this without libel happening, yeah. but there is a cafe that they go to a lot in a book, a diner called the 610 Diner, yeah. which is loosely based on, uh, the name is, like, off the 610 freeway in Houston. But there was a diner that um, was 
completely beloved until last year called the 59 Diner, based on Highway 59 in Houston. And it's a place where teenagers have gone for years, and it's like a 50s-themed restaurant, diner. Yeah. And then we found out that the owners um, are in a lawsuit because they owe the employees $220,000 in back pay. Oh, gosh. And they were all closed down. Yeah. And um, I was like, I can't represent Houston with a 59 <laughs> diner when they've screwed over Houstonians. So yeah. um, that had to change. Yeah. Um, uh, there was also a character that was another love interest for Piper mm-hmm. who never came to be. Um, and um, he had the name Kelly Kelly. Um, yeah. And Kelly Kelly didn't work. Um, but... Uh, she had her own other love stories come up. So there were a lot of characters that were cut and some story um, ideas that didn't work. And that was all fine. It yeah. was It's for the best. Um, I still fun. wish that the farter made it in, but... I mean, there's there's a million more books. <sighs> One day my all fart <laughs> anthology will come out. Um, oh, that's what you can write your song about. <laughs> okay, farts. awesome. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> please don't, please don't, please don't attribute it to me. Uh, wonderful. When when somebody reads the book, like maybe a young artist, what what are you, what would you like them to get out of it? Uh, I'd like them to understand that um, doing the art wherever they are, yeah, um, that's work makes more work. Work breeds work. The yeah. more you do, the more you're able to do, and that there's a lot of times with money, with family, with relationships. With school, with jobs, um, where you can feel prevented and you can feel like it's easy to stop. Yeah. Um, And I don't mean easy because you want to give it up. It's just easy to get yourself blocked in somewhere. And um, giving yourself the space and the time to go, okay, maybe I can't work on it today. But that doesn't mean I'm never going to work on it again. To not give up by the minor roadblocks and to kind of try and see the the bigger pictures and the next steps you can take to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think creation, especially without, without getting hyper-political right now, yeah. I think creation is the best defense we have to a climate that is not particularly um, uh, uh, supportive of yeah. uh, creation. Well, yeah, it, it, if there's, you're experiencing a world with a lot of negativity, just making something in itself, I, I mean, maybe I'm biased because I'm a creative person, too. It's like, mm. at least I made something. You like, know, I'm not just trying to stop people from doing Making stuff. stuff is the biggest thing we can do right now as yeah. creators. And, and it sounds corny. I mean, yes, we can give money. We can go volunteer. We can um, protest. We can do whatever we need yeah. to do if, if that is our inclination. But... Um, Giving somebody else a part of your inspiration, whether it's through song or book or art um, or dance or, or whatever your medium is, yeah. is the gift of going, I'm going to lift you out of your own daily experience for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour or however long it is, yeah. or two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, or and, add something to the, your or understanding add of the world. Yeah, yeah, it's opening new pathways and it's reminding us why we're here. I mean, again, not to get political or, or heavy, but... Um, we're not here to destroy things. Yeah. I, I just, and in a time where it can feel really scary out there, um, I want people to take the risk, young people and old. I don't believe this This is just a young person issue. Yeah. I feel like I know a lot of older people who are like, ah, it doesn't matter what I do. It yeah. doesn't matter anymore what I do. And that's not true either. Creating is a way to um, keep the world 
build up. Yeah. And um, it's important we do that because who knows what's going to happen in 10 years. <laughs> so let, let's try. Let's just all try. Very true. Oh, I want to read my favorite quote from the book that that reminded me of, which is Adams, who I read in your voice. Uh, her oh, teacher. thank you. Yeah, um, I'll take that. I like Adams. <laughs> uh, she, she says, um, don't get tied up in what you think you should do. Do everything. Try everything. Be everything. Don't be afraid to get lost in the world. Don't be afraid to be you. Which is just like... Yeah. It's great. That's not a quote from anyone. It's just, yeah. I, I guess it's a, from my book. Yeah. But it's um, <laughs> it's exactly how I feel. Like, we, it's really easy to shut down. It's really easy to get scared. It's really easy to get scared n- enough to not want to share what you make. Um, I was just saying to Angela before the podcast, <laughs> it's a real risk to put it out there, to yeah. go, hey, I have m- maybe people who are going to like it and people who aren't going to like it. Um, I don't want to hear, like, real mean stuff. But, like, yeah. all right, you don't have to like everything. I don't like everything. Yeah. But um, be be in the world. And as an artist, that's the best thing you can do. Like yeah. everything is um, everything is your inspiration if you stay open to it. Um, and that includes the stuff you find out you don't want to do. And the things that, that put you back on a path of like, oh, I took a detour and maybe I want to try ceramics. Oh, guess what? I hate ceramics. Yeah. I'm never going to do that again. Well, then you know. And um, I, I think that that's something that, we have to keep doing, especially when we want to shut down, and especially when um, the world is uh, again not as supportive as necessarily making as it is as destroying. And and so it's really important to 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 look around you and go. There's people who are different than me. There's uh, nature that is different than me. There are cities and towns and streets that are different than the streets I know. Mm-hmm. What does that give you? And what does that make you think of? And where do you go next from that? I think I've got enough. I think that's that's a good. Uh thing to to figure out where to go from for the book um but first i'd like to ask you first of all if there's anything else you'd like to say and second of all how should people follow up now that they're interested in the book piper parish um first i would like to say thank you for having me on um this has been an honor and i'm excited yeah i'm glad your dog slept through it oh me too i'm glad there was no nervousness uh you can find the book uh at chroniclebooks.com or on amazon or on Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. or if you are an indie bookstore shopper like I am, you can go on IndieBound.com to find your local. Um, you can buy it on iBooks, yeah. and you can also go onto my website to find out when I'm in your town with this book. Um, and my website is KaylaKagan.com. Yeah, just search Piper Parish, P-I-P-E-R-P-E-R-I-S-H. Yes. Wherever you buy books. Wherever you buy books. Um, and at libraries. And if you're in school, maybe your teacher will end up having it. Yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of places you can find it. Yeah. Uh, and I hope you like it and I hope you have fun with it. And um, I'd love to hear what you think um, about Piper and what she does next. Yeah. And make some things. Don't let stuff get in your way. Yeah. 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 Come on. Stop procrastinating. Do it. Do it now. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, y'all. There are a million reasons you can't do it. There are a million roadblocks standing in your way. If you give the world one excuse, it will agree with you. You simply can't make anything today. There are a million steps that you could take this minute. There are a million tiny things that you could do. 
there are a million mistakes there are a million hot takes and the only one who can share the genius in your heart is you now is the time for fearlessness getting it right is not the point as long as you create you have no money you have no time no paint no paper fine just make a little progress take a small step forward we can wait cause now is the time so go ahead and do everything try everything for that song at youtube.com slash the double clicks and if you like this podcast please subscribe uh, to you should write a song about that on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts maybe review it or tell a friend make us look real that would be great we'd like to make more of these episodes and if you like that too you can support that happening by backing the double clicks kickstarter we're raising funds to make our new album love problems as well as to make a five episode sort of pilot season of you should write a song about that and then also maybe a president snakes musical uh you can find out more information about that at the doubleclicks.com that's going on until like march 13th thank you for being here i hope you learned something <laughs>